0: Hello, uh, my name is Tyne James Organ. I'm a 25 year old singer songwriter based in Melbourne. I'm originally from Wollongong, and yeah, I'm very happy to be here right
1: now.
2: Well, hello. Thanks for sticking with us. This is episode two of introducing. And while I'm giving thanks out, um, thanks to all your lovely feedback to episode one with Young Blood. Look sure it might have made it to number one on the music charts no biggie it does does help though if your first guest has over a million followers Uh, Dom messaged me though after he heard it he goes fuck yeah love you hard which I know is a compliment so uh, take that Weird his new album is out now as well which is 13 tracks basically 42 minutes and 7 seconds of pure joy so uh, check that out if you haven't heard episode 1 then go back have a look Also coming up on this series, uh, Ruben and Adam from Peking Duck join us. Mason, the multi-instrumentalist wonderkid from the TMAs. Uh, Also Elliot and Monty from the Delta Rigsu. You're hearing now and at the start of the podcast. What a
1: simple...
2: Thanks boys for lending us your track And uh, they're going to be drinking some Jamison with us uh, On this series at some stage And not slurring, I promise Um, Also, not too far away uh, The ever excitable um, Just full of beans Lovely ladies that are haiku hands That's coming up episode two, Tyne James Organ. Now, he is going to explain soon where he's from, but I love this. When he came to speak to us, he packed up his little Beamer and drove from his mum's house in the gong to Sydney to see it. So, that's awesome. We got this little rental rehearsal studio thing, which was strange because there was a cover band rehearsing next to us as well. So, you might hear Jesse's girl just seep in at some point. But I love this bloke. Um, I've seen him live a few times. Only recently, last week at the Oxford Art Factory in Sydney. I'm kind of getting used to these COVID gigs. It was very civilised, we were sat at a table and someone brought me my gin and tonic I am missing uh, getting sweaty at Gigzo. Um He's just finished a tour, make sure you stay glued to his socials to see where you can see him live next Wait till you hear his voice on this episode Enjoy, you're going to love him
1: What a simple
2: Mate, I'm very happy to meet you because I've been Instagram and YouTube stalking you for a (laughs) little while. So I thought let's make this official.
0: (laughs) This is official.
2: So, mate, thanks for thanks for being on the podcast. This is not our normal house. Someone they're
0: rehearsing next door. We're in a real authentic little uh, music studio right now. I actually wait. We might get to that later, but. I broke my hand in this building last year.
2: Oh, hang on. Well, let's start with that.
0: Let's start with <laughs> <laughs> You've been everywhere. I, was, I, I made the mistake of asking where, you, where
2: you're from yeah, before you this. Do- well, 40 minutes later.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I've, my voice doesn't really stop, unfortunately. No, this is the, no me- meaning,
2: though, meaning that you, you, you're, you're from everywhere. Yeah. But why did you? We're in Alexandria, a little suburban,
0: pretty industrial part of Sydney. How did you break your hand here? Um, see, I. I'm just not going to lie anymore. I, I used to try and make up this story that it was all real cool and everything, but to be honest, I just punched a wall. Oh, good. I was glad you said a wall. <laughs> oh, not a person. No, I would never do that. It was actually a wall that was soundproofed, and I was just cranky for a sec, and I thought it was soft, and then I hit it, and then this knuckle kind of went down there, and it was unfortunately the night before our tour started. Yeah, right. So the next day we flew to Adelaide, and then – um. All the boys went to the hotel and they made this hectic game in the pool and I was seeing that all over Instagram all day. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting in Adelaide Hospital <laughs> getting <laughs> me things.
2: Was it, it wasn't a soundproof wall though. It was a proper wall, to, obviously.
0: So it was a, It was one. It actually had even like the more intense soundproofing than this carpety stuff. <laughs> well, this has got no soundproofing
2: and people <laughs> no, might be able to
0: hear. It's got zero soundproofing. But, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm a, either a strong hit or yeah. it just was paper thin at the same time. But Do you remember what you were angry about? Yeah, but I probably shouldn't say it. Okay. We'll save that for later. <laughs> we'll save that for later.
2: Well, where, where, let's, let's start with where you grew up then because where, where are you from? I'm from Wollongong. Right. And is Wollongong, how is that sit with what you do now for a living? Is it a musical town, would you
0: say, or did you find yourself pretty isolated out there? Well, to be honest, before I left Wollongong, I didn't really find... Like there's always been a scene, do not get me wrong, there's always been a scene in Wollongong, but there was that thing of the small town syndrome for one, That kind of everyone just kind of, I grew up with a lot of like fantastic musicians and a lot of them just lost their drive and dream and their passion. And for me, whether, they might've had their own kind of external things going on. But for me, I just read it as it was the town, just making them feel like they had to live that normal life. And for me, I was like, I want to do something different. So the town was amazing to grow up with. The music scene was really good, but it just wasn't where I wanted to to be, or I needed it to be for that matter, so I could do my thing. But that being said, in in the years since I've left, in the last three years, it's kicking off now. It's dragged you back.
2: (laughs) it's dragged me back. (laughs) Is that COVID related, or why
0: why are you you back there? Which Um, is a weird question, because why wouldn't you be back there? Exactly. Yeah. It's so beautiful, but it is all based on COVID, um, yeah. so I've still got my rent, like my lease, down in Melbourne, um, mm. but I'm I can't get there at all. Because right now, when we're recording this,
2: Melbourne's a dirty word. Oh yes, oh you
0: yes. <laughs> And I heard that
2: you've got Victorian number plates, so
0: you are yeah. a very brave man. I hope that Driving by the time someone Sydney. hears this, that <laughs> Melbourne number plates are loved again. I'm I'm from Wollongong. Yeah, good. At the moment. Were your parents playing music all the time? So actually I was very fortunate enough to grow up with a very musical household. My mum just kind of has a laugh and does it and she has good fun with it. Um, My sister was an amazing singer growing up. She was always the one actually in the family that we thought was going to sing. But my dad, he was a musician, singer, entertainer. He was in bands back when he was young and he had all the swagger, all the coolness and that. But watching that man entertain from like before I could walk, he had me and my sister on stage. That was just the one thing that drew me in, just seeing him. Like I remember going to a gig when I was about five or six and it was just him and I that went and there was about four people that was at it and I was like, whoa, what are we doing? Why are you here? You know, even yeah. though I'm young, I was still like conscious. Well, being, I remember being out at night with your
2: parents is it just enough to blow your mind. I remember my dad taking me to go and see Robin Hood yeah. at the movies <laughs> at like 8 o'clock and I'm like, shit. <laughs> it's Weird. Being out at night with your parents is the coolest thing in it the world. It
0: is. It is. And it was such a like, like every year, my dad did this show when we lived up in Penrith and it was called Stepping Out. It was like a theater show. And every year for about five years, we were there for New Year's Eve and my sister and I were up there to do the countdown with him, you know, and we like, it just, it just warmed us into it. And it wasn't anything, you know, like there's kids out there that I guess their parents do music, so they get forced into it, or it's just like very do, 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 you know, their parents kind of want to live some other dream of theirs mm. through their children um we just seemed like a very natural part of life yeah but um it was just there you know it was just it was just what we did and to be honest once i finished school and was like i'm gonna busk and be broke and do nothing for a bit but try music my dad was trying to steer me in the right direction to get a like a trade up my belt or a degree or something like that but because it was very real with it at the same time but um That was also a blessing because I also, whilst I have my dream in my head and and my heart and I'm going to chase that forever, I also have that reality check instilled in me that's like, you know, things like Splendour in the Grass last year when we played that, they're dreams of mine. And if I can look back in 20, 30 years time, go, I got to do them, but maybe I didn't do this or this, you know, rather than be so focused on that dream, if I can tick off everything as I go and just appreciate that for what it is, then I feel like I'll live a happy life.
2: Well, as I said, through my Instagram stalking of you, everything you, you, do, you do seem to do everything. Even when you're playing and singing emotional songs, you do seem to be having fun with it. Your intros are hilarious. Yeah. You're, you're on your mum's couch or something, like you're having fun with it. Was there a moment where you thought, okay, music's more than just something in the background here? Was there a song that made you sit up and take notice?
0: song for me is a song called Dancing in the Dark by Spruce, Bruce Springsteen. Spruce Springsteen. Spruce Springsteen sounds I kind of like that though. He's Could be your boss. drag name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write that down yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Let me get a pen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just love Bruce. And um, this song, I mean, it's, I guess you can call it a cliche, you know, but good songs are a cliche because everyone loves them and they love them for a reason. And this song, yeah, really stood out to me. Actually, only the other day, to be honest. It's a bit off topic of – actually, no, it's in at the same time. Um, it's all on topic if it's about you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, was, I was doing a clean out at my mum's house and, uh, and was going through some of my dad's old records. And the one thing dad and I had ever had never got to speak about in life was his passion for Bruce Springsteen and i found all these bloody bruce Did records yeah. yeah so that was quite a special little moment you know and i was like oh wish i could have chatted with him about that because my kind of real love for bruce came not after dad had passed or anything like that but it just kind of i was opened up more to it you know i was going through so many genres back when he was alive and i really just like now half the music i write is like very inspired by bruce springsteen you know yeah, yeah, so yeah
1: man i ain't getting nowhere sitting around in a dumb like this is something happening somewhere baby i just know that there is you can't start a fire can't start a fire without a spark this gun's fire even if we're just dancing in the dark nice
2: Nice. Your your voice. Did you have you trained? Because you were saying your sister's a singer. I mean, and and when I've told people I was speaking to you today, and and showing them the YouTube clips that I've been seeing, the first thing everyone
0: says is that voice. Like it's almost not expected. Have you worked on it? I've definitely worked on it. Um, I've never had lessons or anything like that. And if I were, I won't even tell you what my warm up is because. Anyone out there that would ever try that could potentially break their voice in half. It's not good.
2: I'll break. That's okay. <laughs> so not tequila based or anything.
0: <laughs> oh, it's it's whiskey based. It's whiskey based. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of singers I know love a whiskey. No, it actually like that's one thing. That's that is part of my warm up, but that's actually part of the, I guess, healthy side for me.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just a little swig of that, and then on stage, like I, I usually sip whiskey throughout it, and between that and some water, that I don't know, it just works.
2: Okay, so you're at home. You're looking through the Bruce Springsteen records. You're 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 singing. You're appreciating what your your dad's listening to. What's the moment to take you out of Wollongong?
0: That was dad's passing, actually. Yeah. Okay. So. And how many was that recent? That was that- two thousand and August two thousand and sixteen. So it's been four years. So that was just like, I mean, I'm a very emotional person. That's something that I like to be open and honest about. From where go, I just I feel and I feel and I feel. <laughs> yeah. um, But yeah, when dad passed, it was a very, I mean, it's a weird time as it is. He died from cancer. So it was an eight year kind of battle and, you know, we knew it was coming. It wasn't just a shock, but as much as, you know, you can prepare and everything like that, the moment that it hits, it just, you know, sent me into a complete whirlwind of emotions and that. And at the time I was very lucky enough to have a, um, a really solid partner and her and I, yeah, we just moved straight down to Melbourne within a matter of weeks after it and, it was one of the best things i did because i just had to get away you know and i mean it's each of their own i i don't know how to explain that in full but it's just for me it was cuz it all we all did everything naturally at like our house and everything and that that immediately was a big kind of thing which i give so much credit to my mum because she lives there still and she mm. does it with her heart on her sleeve you know she does it amazingly but um for me i was just scared of it i guess so i just kind of ran away for that little bit and um yeah, it's been four years and I've only just come back because of COVID. But, um, yeah. yeah, that was just one thing for me that I just thought I've got to get out and just go figure myself out. You know, as, self, as selfish as I kind of felt at the time because I ran away from, you know, my mum needed me at the same time. Thankfully, we have a great support network within our family and everything like that. But, for me, as I said, I'm emotional and I'm weird, and because you're a big family unit, like, what's your origin? Where are you, have you got family over all the time, or are you just, uh, um, are you just, yeah, back then we used to, and we got a big family, so yeah. there's there's lots and lots okay, of well, that's us. That's all right, you can slip out. So you can only five minutes <laughs> slip no. out, out of Melbourne that's for a bit. <laughs> just let my sister deal with it all. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: good. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Fair enough. Fair enough. But what? So what happened in Melbourne? So uh, so did you like? Where did you live? Did you did you start hitting that local? Pubs to
0: play, like when did you turn it into a job? Well, I was just for the first, I guess, between the ages of 18 and say 22, I was like self managed, I guess. And um, I just, I booked these gigs, I booked these tours, and I was actually playing like four to five, three to four hour gigs a week, which was great money. It was really good. It was kept my name out there a little bit. And then mm. I booked this tour down in Melbourne, and there was like three or four people at each show, but I was still chuffed at that. And then at the same time of doing it all, I guess to turn it into the kind of the more work side of it was through YouTube and I was doing some covers and things like that and then a few just kind of went a bit more, not viral, but out there, I guess, you know, maybe sub-viral or whatever the yeah. word is for that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit viral. Yeah, right. sub-viral is a lovely term. <laughs> not quite Taylor Swift cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that happened and then that, Fortunately enough, you know, it opened quite a few doors for me and and that led on to me having a a team around me that has have then since and to this day are just helping me day to day, you know. It's still a slow burner, you know, like there's there's people that I catch up with in that and there's you know, there's times where they go, Oh, you're living the dream and don't get me wrong, this is something I'll never take for granted, but every day I'm working my Mm -hmm. ass off. I'm working my ass off every day to write, and you know, you once you got this team around you, you're not just writing. And as much as I write for myself, you're questioning every single little thing that you do at well, the same time. It's so time.
2: personal. I've always thought like I do. Radio is my job, and I basically my job is to talk about other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like your job is hundred percent you. Yeah. Everything you're doing is you. Like I mean, well, tell us tell us about what you go because to me, I think well, obviously 2017. I don't want to say a song that made you, but it's the song that probably made those people that were watching you sub-viral.
0: Very much, yeah. Put you
2: a little bit more viral.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it was the first song, I guess, that the radio had kind of picked up and things like that. And it was also a song that was never expected to get picked up in any form because it's it's a ballad. That was a very surreal experience because I just I put it out. And for me, I struggle as much as like in in a circumstance like this, I actually feel like I can talk on a general day-to-day basis. I do struggle to talk about my emotions and my feelings. And after losing dad, it was six months later that I just sat down one night when I was staying back at mum's and I just wrote this. And just, it was kind of one of those ones where how I write songs, because I get my phone, I put it on video, and then I just start strumming. And then yep. I freestyle lyrics and melodies. And I still have the video. It's a really bad but funny video. And how
2: long do those videos go for? Like do they go for three and a half minutes or they go for three hours? Some of them go for three minutes. hours. Yeah, so
0: it's yeah. a lot of me just sitting there chopping. But yeah. this specific one when I did Watch You Go was about five minutes. And to be honest, 90% of the lyrics, what you hear on the record now mm. is what it is. It just fell out of me. And that's like, you know, that's why I have no specific method or approach to my music because it's all the madness that comes to my brain. And if it wants to splurge out in two minutes or two hours or two days or two months, then I just kind of let it do its thing. Because yeah. I feel like, as I said, with how I write, it's I only write about stuff I know and feel. So why try and cut a corner to get a song finished when I can wait that little bit longer and make it. Completely hit the spot because its meaning is there You know what I mean?
2: Well, let's hear a little bit of it now
1: And I Was mistaken Rearrange, Don't replace it Keep the fire, keep it burning, so I know that I'll come around. I'll come around. I'll come around. And watch you go.
2: Beautiful.
0: That's Thank so you. nice.
2: Um, is tell us about your guitar because um, obviously you were saying that you write a lot of your songs on guitar. I, I know a lot of guitar playing music, some people sit by the piano,
0: mm-hmm. but are you a guitar guy? Mainly, mainly, yeah. I'm really trying to learn piano. I'm self-taught on everything, which is why a lot of my songs are kind of two to Who three. Who taught, taught you how to
2: play then? If you're self-taught, do you, who's your YouTube go-to? Or I you never watching, had it. I wish I had Rage it. Heaps?
0: It was YouTube and Ultimate Guitar, but <laughs> oh, how I oh, guess yeah. I would do it, and if if you ever do go back into my earlier, earlier YouTube covers, you'll notice that what I kind of did was – I would just find the chords and then I'd know the song that I was covering, but then I would just interpret how I was playing it on the guitar and kind of, that's why they wouldn't sound exactly like they do on the other, like on the original recording. So Mm. I just kind of make them my own. The amount of times I would be like, oh, there's this B minor chord that I couldn't play. So I just cut it out
1: (laughs) and then do my own
0: thing, you know? So that's just kind of how I've always done it. But, and as I said, I'm a very basic, instrumentalist, I guess. Mm. I'm very, very Well, your lyrics and
2: your voice kind of dis- got, just got distract us from that because you don't notice that at all. Yeah, like, you and know. I'm
0: lucky. I work with an <laughs> amazing producer as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us about the guitar you got now because very, I saw this in a video as well. Have you
0: damaged this? Sure have. You've got a, a little slogan on the back. So on the back it says, Never Wake Up, which um one of my really good friends, Morat, um, I've done like session guitar touring for, for the last like – three or four years now. And we were in um, Darwin or Alice Springs. No, it was Darwin. No,
2: Alice Springs. I do understand just very quickly how you can confuse the two. Because I've (laughs) been both to Darwin and Alice
0: Springs (laughs) and I can't tell you what happened to me either. I just
2: remember being very hot.
0: (laughs) Very (laughs) hot. So you're forgiven. (laughs) So we were there and we were just sitting in the back and we had this random show that night. And I don't know why, but I just started closing my eyes and we were very like jet lagged and everything because we'd been on a weird bunch of like run of shows and I just started sitting in the back, closed my eyes and just started going, never wake up, never wake up. <laughs> and then it became this thing within us. So I put it that night on there and it's just stayed since. Oh, so it's not broken because initially I saw it. That's I maybe not broken you're, Maybe there, you're covering it up. But then if you go onto the side of the body. <laughs> All right. Actually, and the shoes I'm wearing right now are the exact shoes are that did Are they responsible? It. So on my boots, see that little like thing there? Yeah. That. Went straight into there. Oh. And there's actually like the perfect groove of the RM boot that just slots into it. This isn't a punching the wall incident, though. No, nah, this it? is just a. I was standing in front of the heater and my dog Nigel <laughs> He's, like, did something real sus. So I looked at him and then kicked <laughs> it. And then next <laughs> minute, I was like, oh. But thankfully I'm I'm taking it in in a couple of weeks to um get fixed but I wrote a little note that said don't leave on the floor because yeah, That's what I did. I was just having a nice jam, left it on the floor for 2 minutes and then 2 minutes later Nigel comes and ruins everything.
2: Now you mentioned Morrat. <laughs> is 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 Morat the reason you played your first Splendor?
0: My first Splendor so I've i I've, I've done because you did you, you played in I your played own right own, last year my own set last which year which I was at
2: and was oh, sick. One, oh mate it was wonderful oh thank but you but I wanted to I want to ask you how it felt firstly to step out on the stage for the first time I thought it was with more rap. it was maybe, okay it was yeah
0: so that was very surreal it was like 2018 I think mm. and um it was like the Sunday afternoon she clashed with um. Albert Hammond Jr., which is the Strokes, Strokes guitarist. Yes, yes. And I did see so him. In my I, head, saw him like, I saw him that year and I saw you a, next year. That's a <laughs> hectic clash <laughs> yeah. and I'm wigging out. Like, obviously, more like, Grace is amazing. And it just – when we stepped on stage and what was out there, I was yeah. just couldn't believe it. It was yeah, yeah. so surreal and amazing to see. But that was like – you know, I never take those shows. I take them in and I appreciate them, but it's not my gig at the same time. So mm-hmm. when I walked out, yeah, do you feel like you're working? That like really working then? Like oh no, no. Okay, good. so I'm, I'm still having a <laughs> sorry. I was I'm, just I'm, I'm having a great, great time. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's like I guess in comparison to like obviously doing Splendor last year and it being my own set, and me singing my songs and hearing people singing back, and also having like. My mum, my nana and my dog Nigel couldn't be there so the radio played it live to them and that yeah. was like, you know, things like that, as I said, in terms of all my gold, me bucket list, if I can tick that off and look back at that, I'll never forget it. So when yeah. you left the stage with Mallrat,
2: how long was it that you got a phone call saying that we'd love to have you at Splendour as you with your songs? They took their time. Mm. They took their time. <laughs> 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 but- but you, but you weren't as last minute as Hilltop Hoods were for Chapter no, we Rapper. No, we weren't last minute. It actually, <laughs> no,
0: no. It, it was only a matter of, I guess, months. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, but. Great. I was but that must have, you must have because you, have you been to did you go to Splendor yeah, before? Dude, I, oh, I go to Splendor. I was like six or seven years in a row. Yeah. Like I this. I've missed one
2: for God knows how long. And it's my favorite here.
0: weekend of the year. Exactly. Like I'm a Christmas fanatic. Like Christmas is my As in real Christmas. Real Christmas. Okay. But Splendor we'll get to is that. my <laughs> you, dude, you don't want to get into that. How long have we got here? <laughs> Part two with Ty and James Organ. Christmas. <laughs> but man, it is. It's like the mid year Christmas. Yeah. Actually, like in a sense for you as well, you know, there'd be lots of people like within the music industry that you'd probably get to catch up with. Yeah that when do get, else do you get to see him? And Everyone's always touring.
2: Splendor as well. My mates at Triple J hate me because I work for a commercial radio station <laughs> and I get an access all areas pass and wander around like a full <laughs> flog <laughs> and they all have to work and do interviews. And I'm like, hey!
0: <laughs> That's why I like it. That's a good <laughs> but yeah, time. But
2: you're right. I like to but catch you know up what with mean? people. You get to catch
0: up <laughs> with so many people and it's like, for me as well, I have so many friends in the industry and you know, you might see him for two seconds at a, a gig, but at Splendor, because it's such a big weekend, yeah. even if someone's playing on the Friday or the Sunday, they're usually there the whole time, you know, so it's just a massive excuse for everyone to just have a loose time and just catch up, you know. And it's such a
2: nice atmosphere. The people are great. It's
0: it's special. It's so special. I couldn't, I can't put into words how special it is. And I know that sounds a bit tacky, but- Not at all. It is.
2: It's almost my favorite time of the year is having that first beer at the airport before you get on the plane to go. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about the EP Persevere and when that happened and and how that came about and- what that means to have it out there. It's a body of work, you know?
0: So, Persevere, um, that had been a couple years in the making. And um, again, it it all really stemmed from that 2000, uh, like writing What You Go, that was the first song I wrote on the record. And then um, after that, it was just, you know, I was plotting along, writing a bunch of songs. And he's some that I love and that will probably still like see the world sometime soon, but they just didn't fit what I was trying to say in this specific, moment, I guess. And for me, I, I feel like I write in chapters and chapters of my life. I know, again, I always think everything I say sounds a bit tacky, or cliche, but life is a tacky yeah. cliche, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, Persevere, you know, there's the title of it. It comes from the song, What You Go. And when I wrote the lyric in What You Go called Persevere, But I Know You're Breaking, I didn't actually, I, I, as I said, I freestyled it. And then when I went back and looked at it, I didn't know if the lyric had fit as such. And then when I looked up the meaning of Persevere, I was just, it blew my mind. For me, I just said it as push through. Yeah. And it's like, as I said, I'm emotional, I'm all the works under there. And then I wrote, so there's two songs. One's about dad, and then one was about my mom six months after losing dad and everything from her perspective. And then the other three are more just about one of my last loves that I lost, you know. But it's one little surreal thing that I guess has happened throughout the whole time has been I've had messages in, in, in regards to what you go where that song's about me losing my father. And I got this one that will always stick out with me. That was from this couple and they were on their way to the hospital to give birth to their newborn baby. They heard it on the radio as they're on their way. And they were like, we just found it as a new life. You know what I mean? And it's about me losing a life yet. They heard it in their own way and found it as this new life. And just the way they finished it, they were like, you now have three new fans. So they included oh, there, yeah. And that was just something that was like, you know, and why I like to kind of, keep it a bit broad, you know, because there's songs on that record. It's all got its big, big backstory for me, but everyone has their own interpretation. And that's the one thing that I've felt blessed that people have been able to listen to my music and my story and take it into their own. Well, you'd probably feel like a lot of people I
2: speak to who do what you do, I guess, I think once you've released it, you almost don't own it anymore. Yeah, but I like that. Like I, I remember, even people because we had at my wedding, we had "Perfect Day" by Lou Reed as our wedding song. Beautiful, and I love that song. But everyone decided to come and go. You know, that's about doing heroin under a tree. Oh no! And
1: go, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like But you know what I mean Like that was a perfect song for us and Then people like to What to ruin it So <laughs> like, you know what it's about Like yeah okay sure you know, a couple of weeks is. To tell us that <laughs> yeah, right, like. you know? I didn't have Sexy Bitch By David Guetta Like relax <laughs> Now the single that's um Huge at the moment Hold Me Back Tell us a little bit about that And if you would like to play A little bit too oh, I'd, sure love, we'll. I'd love
0: to hear it here Because it's a powerful song <laughs> A song it's um, Good drums Oh the drums in that song oh, so. <laughs> I love it man George, George Artis, you are the man. If you ever listen to this, he drummed on it. Um, the people who don't know you don't listen to this, <laughs> I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this song, this song I actually wrote. So I moved, when I say I moved to Melbourne, I've moved there twice, mm. right? So I moved there first in, at the end of 2016, had a little stint up in Sydney for a bit, but then at the end of 2017, I moved straight back down. And um, my first night out, we, um, I moved with a mate from Wollongong we moved in with this girl from Wollongong that I didn't know. It was like this really, you know, we're all excited to just get down and have a fresh new feel at life. Anyway, we went out, you know, we were getting pissed and whatever, we were having a good time and just charging around. And then we ended up at this joint called New Guernica, which I mean, the name alone is just a cool New drink. Guernica? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a ger- two words?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Just say, all I hear is Gurn. It's <laughs> <and just> like <laughs> a bad time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was actually quite a cool place. We're in there and we're having a good time. And then, like, long story short, there was just this guy that was being an absolute Yep. And I hate, like, and these people that we were with, it wasn't this protective thing of, like, I've known these people forever and I'm just trying to protect these girls. Like, I'm I'm not a big dude or anything like that, and I'm not, like, that trying to be that masculine, mm. you know, that's not in my vibe by any means. But seeing how this dude was to these girls and the fact that they'd said no numerous times was just, like, how can you not? Yeah. So I instantly just sparked this burst of anger in me and a few people held me back and things like that. And then in the calmness of like getting me to calm down and my other mates calm down, we just decided, oh, why don't we just get security and get him out that way? And as I said, like the lyrics in there are like the main hook, I guess, is hold me back and hold me back from a feeling that I don't want to know. It comes from two wrongs don't make a right. And even though me standing up for what I believed in was right, by me going up and being violent, that doesn't prove anything. That just puts me on the same level. Maybe not to the extent of like, you know, yeah. I'm not going to disrespect a woman. Put you on the enemy. sub-viral level. But yeah. <laughs> <The> sub- <laughs> level. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it just, and it really just, it just resonated with me. And as I said, when I, I pick up on energies and I couldn't just, but I wrote the song like six or seven months later, but that energy and that anger and everything was still in there. And it wasn't one day until Chris and I And Chris Collins is um, the producer who I work with. Him and Mm -hmm. I sat on a rock on South Maroubra and we just got cranky (laughs) and it (laughs) fell out within honestly like less than an hour. It just fell out. It's something that I I just, you know, a lot of my songs are about myself and about my stories and that. But this is one that, I mean, I I just, I hate that stuff. I hate it with everything. And there's a lot of shady stuff going on in this industry alone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Let alone in the world. And I didn't write it or, or release it or or put it out there to be this good guy ally thing as much as I am an ally and I stand for that 100%, but it's not to put me on a pedestal. It's it's to share that message. If I've got a voice out there and can put it on a platform and if you can get on the radio and people listen to it, yeah. I don't want them listening to it just as it's, oh, cool. I like that song. I want them to listen to every single lyric and go... Fuck, if I've done that before and I'm a dude, I need to stop that shit. Yeah. That's my goal with it. That's great goal. Oh, can we hear a little bit? <clears throat> sure. Can what was it called? New Guernica. Pretend, <laughs> pretend we're not
1: at New Guernica. <laughs> hold me back, hold me back from a feeling that, well, I don't want to know. Hold me back, hold me back, cause I can't relax and you don't want to know Well, I guess this is a moment where we're throwing our fists Pushed up against a But you just try to please eat again oh, yeah. Hold me back, hold me back from a feeling that, well, I don't want to know
0: Thank you. Oh, so
2: good, so good, mate. It's so nice to meet you. Yeah, um, lovely to meet you. Where, where were you supposed to be right now if COVID didn't hit? Like, are you are you supposed to be on the road right now? Are you are you a bit annoyed? Yeah, like everyone is at the moment. Very much. What had, are you uh, missing
0: out on? Basically, is what I'm trying my to. My plans you. would be over in the UK. Yeah, right. So um, I've just wrapped up the album at the moment, and then yeah, I'm, I'm a dual citizen. Some half English, yeah, right, and that. So, yeah, I was gonna head over there and just do some riding and and things like that, and just kind of put my feelers out. That is a big goal for me, is especially the UK market and everything like that that I really want to aim for. So, well, you did. You, backtracking though, sorry to interrupt, but you you supported Jake Bugg, who is is huge over there. Yeah, like you, you, I think you'd fit in beautifully. Yeah, over there. I'd, I'd really just love to give it a crack, and like I went and did the Morat tour last year with her. It's a great. It's a great place to watch it. Like I love
2: the UK to watch music. Amazing. I can't believe sometimes when I went to Glastonbury in 2014 well, and I watched Kasabian oh, uh, close, fresh. and then two three weeks later I saw them play to a
0: not sold out Horton Pavilion. <laughs> I'm oh like, no shit! Yeah. How does that? It's so weird. <laughs> hey, the internet, it's don't so we? weird, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a special, special, special place, and I just feel like I don't know with my sound and everything like that. And I, that's as I said, it's my roots over there. Yeah, you know, like my dream is to take my mum back and move her back there one day or move her to some exotic island so she's happy and fresh for the rest of her life with yes. obviously with our dog nigel no it just seems like a big party like what kind of you got,
2: we, i he's think some people everyone
0: wants to know what he okay he's a moodle so he um a moodle yeah so that's a maltese cross poodle and if you ever saw him he's like this tiny little thing he looks cute as he's great but he's not that you know how those little dogs can be yappy and just annoying you just like get away or they're like yeah. just sit on your lap his personality is the most <laughs> surreal thing. So you don't put him in a Louis Vuitton bag and take him on the plane? Oh, I try. No, actually, once I messaged Virgin years ago when I first started touring. I was like, hey, Virgin, like, I love touring. I always fly with you. But my dog, he's got anxiety and he can't go underneath the plane. So can he sit on my lap? Yeah. And? And they responded. And they was like, well, we can't tell you that Nigel's not as beautiful. They were like, we can't let you. And I blocked him. And Look at them now. Look at them now. Karma, mate. Exactly. <laughs> I got all my points. Bought some nice stuff, and I'm out. Look at all the toasters you have. If you have a back points. though, please um, sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> we go to
2: America, and everyone's got their dog on their pl- Dude, on their lap. It's crazy. Um, well, mate. One thing I like to ask at the end of this is, it's called introducing, which is weird because, like, I, I like it's more people who already know you, but it's it's actually really introducing them to you. Um, and hearing your story, but is there anyone you'd like us to listen to that that you're listening to now? Someone you'd like to introduce us to, yeah, to go and listen to at the end of this podcast right now, jump on Spotify, jump on Apple Music, and go, Oh, I'll check that out.
1: Yeah,
0: I got two actually. Okay, well,
2: just one. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm joking.
0: laughs> I have a girl called Psycho, and she's from. Brisbane, yeah. And it's spelled S-Y-C-C-O and her music is absolutely amazing. And then another singer songwriter that's actually just from around Helensburg, right, which is about 45 minutes south of Sydney. Um, his name is Adam Newling and they are two amazing singer songwriters. Psycho produces. sounds heavy. Is she? Psycho's she- like a <laughs> real Benny vibe. Oh yeah, yeah okay, great. really. You would have heard her stuff before, yeah. but it's really like I p- sometimes put that on in the mornings. And I recently got those like little airports actually from the Virgin dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I got them, and I was like, screw it, I'm gonna wrap them. <laughs> yeah. And so I do my little jog around the house, and I just put her music on, and man, it just makes me want to dance, and I love that. Well,
2: go and listen to them now, and mate, honestly, thanks so much for, for so coming, much for coming for to the podcast. You, Lovely
0: to meet you. Lovely to meet you too. Thank you.
1: let